Welcome to the Yukon RUF podcast. RUF at Yukon is a ministry that relies completely on the financial support of churches and individuals like you in order to serve the Yukon community. You can support RUF at Yukon by going to ruf.org slash Yukon. to be with you tonight. Thanks so much for coming out to Zoom, large group. I know that this is a busy time of year. It's getting darker outside, which makes you just want to, I don't know what it makes you want to do, but it might, uh, you know, I'm thankful that you're here and you made the time and um, it's been actually a great semester so far. And, you know, I know not that much time left, but uh, I hope you'll still make time for us. You know, we're hoping to still keep doing some on-campus things and maybe an off-campus event again, like our awesome Fall Fest that we had that was so fun. And uh, so uh, we definitely want to be, me, Taylor, Sophie, I know a lot of you, we just want to be in each other's lives. And uh, that's kind of what RUF is about. We want to be a community and uh, another thing that RUF is about is the Bible. And uh, what we do every week in RUF, large groups, small groups, is we look at the Bible because we believe in RUF that the Bible is everything. It's central. It's uh, the way we know anything about God and what he's doing. And, and really, it tells us who we are and what this world is all about. And this semester, we've been going through the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus' most famous sermon, and we're making our way through. This is uh, week nine, I think. So uh, we've covered a lot of ground, and uh, tonight we're going to get to this, uh, we're getting to this great passage. It's so timely, uh, having to do with our treasure, uh, what we treasure, and uh, anxiety. And so Uh, Let me read it for us. It comes from Matthew 6, uh, starting in verse 19. Um, There we go. Uh, This is Jesus talking to his disciples. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, 
Will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble." A few years ago, I was on a flight. Maggie and I were flying back from somewhere uh, into Hartford, and there happened to be the UConn, or rather the UMass baseball team was on our flight uh, coming back from a game, an away game somewhere. And we happened to be sitting right in front of a couple guys that were on the UMass baseball team. And I did this thing where like, I just, I could hear them talking because you know how you talk like loudly on airplanes sometimes because the airplane is so loud. And so uh, for the whole flight, I ended up just like stalking their conversation because I was curious about it. And it was these guys that were just, you could tell like they knew each other somewhat, but not that well. And so they were just talking about different guys they knew, guys they had played baseball with in the past and like what they were up to now. And and over and over again, I heard them talking. They'd be like, what about this guy? And be like, oh, yeah, he's now doing this. And he would say, they would say, like, what job he got after college or something. And then they kept on saying, like, yeah, so he's set. And it was like, all right, you know, like, he got a job doing this. And now he's set. And what about him? Oh, yeah, he's, like, he's doing this internship now. So he's, like, set. And, you know, I've heard some of you say similar things when I ask you questions like, you know, how's the rest of this week looking? And it's like, I got to get through Thursday and then I'll be set. You know, I have an exam Thursday and then I'll be set. And I think what we mean, like we all want to be set. Uh, You know, as we go about our lives, we're all asking this question, like, am I going to be okay? I want to feel okay. You know, I want to be provided for. I want to have a good life. I want to be able to just like, chill out a bit. I want to be loved. Uh, and, and, and so when we wonder about being set, we wonder like, is there a way today that I can know that the rest of my life is going to be okay? Uh, these are the questions that drive us. And they're really human questions, right? Uh, it makes sense that we ask them, especially in college, because uh, in college, so much is like to be determined. Uh, There's no other time in life where there's just like so much transition and so much like, you know, that you got to figure out kind of all at once. And uh, we've been looking at this Sermon on the Mount and what we've been saying about it, Jesus is teaching is that it's this upside down, Jesus is teaching about the upside down kingdom. And he's saying there's a way, uh, there's a worldly way to think about wealth and security and this idea of being set in your future. And there's a kingdom-minded way to think about these things. And in this passage, Jesus is inviting us into his upside-down way of thinking about your future, which is so much better. And so uh, we kind of read a long passage. And uh, the way I want to divide it up for us tonight is just I want to talk about the insecurity of worldly wealth, And then the danger of pursuing worldly wealth for security. And then finally, the Christian approach to wealth and the future. So first of all, I want to look at the insecurity of worldly wealth. And we see it at the beginning of the passage we read. 
uh, where Jesus says, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. And he's drawing on the idea that when we feel most insecure, our tendency is to grab onto whatever seems most secure around us. Uh, The thing that, you know, if we have it, like, Life just can't go that wrong. And he says, that's your treasure. So think about that idea of treasure. Like, I think when when I think of treasure, I think of a pirate and like a hidden treasure somewhere. And, you know, that's kind of the idea. Like, as long as I have this treasure hidden, hidden away and only I have it and I can never lose it, then I will ultimately be okay. And so your treasure, you know, what Jesus is saying is it's it's that thing that as long as you have it, everything else can go wrong and you'll still be okay. Uh, So think about that for a minute. You know, what would need to happen in your life for you to be set? Uh, What are you currently pursuing for the purposes of like, I just want to be set? Uh, What do you already have that makes you feel set? And that's your treasure. Uh, You know, it could be a major that you have, or it could be a career path that you're on. It could be a relationship. Uh, It could be something like beauty or a certain lifestyle or some sort of social standing or a family relationship. Uh, Lots of different things. And if those are good things, but if those are the things that you look to, to feel set, to feel okay, like you're going to be okay ultimately, then Jesus is saying that those things are actually your treasure and a specific type of, type of treasure, uh, treasures on earth. And the problem with treasures on earth is that despite how they may appear, they're not actually secure. And he gives us, he says, moths and rust and thieves, these images for like the way that things can be taken from us, right? And we've acknowledged already that we live in an upside down world, a world that's not the way it's supposed to be. And things like money can give the appearance of security, but they can't actually give the ultimate security that we crave. I can remember when I was a college student uh, around the age of some of you, uh, I remember a specific day when I like happened to check my bank account and I was kind of like, whoa, like I've actually saved up a decent amount of money. Like I'm pretty set, you know, I'm feeling good. And then uh, that day I got in my car and I went driving somewhere and I crashed my car that very same day, just like slammed into a car at a stoplight. It cost me a thousand bucks just like that. And it was just like this really painful reminder. Like I was storing up treasures on earth and I was like really gathering a lot of my own sense of security from like money that I had. And it was gone just like that. It vanished. Uh, Worldly wealth is secure, is insecure. Like car crashes happen. Pandemics happen. The stock market can crash. Uh, People can change. If you're putting your hope in people, Uh, People steal, people die, Uh, you can die. There have actually been like students in this group that have died, Uh, you know, you can die. And because of that, uh, there's a great danger in putting, uh, in pursuing worldly wealth for security. Uh, It's not secure. And that's what I want to look at next is the danger of that. And there's three dangers. It can make you blind, it can enslave you, 
And ultimately, what Jesus talks about is that it makes you anxious. Uh, But the first image is of blindness. In verse 22, Jesus says, the eye is the lamp of the body. He uses this illustration that uh, might have been a little confusing when we first read it. Um, But he says, uh, the eye is the lamp of the body. And what that means is like, if if your eye works, if your eyes are working, that means they take in light. If they take in light, then you'll be able to move through whatever room you're in. And if your eye isn't working, uh, the room could be full of light, uh, like this room I'm in right now. And your whole body would feel like it was in darkness, even though there was light everywhere. And what he's talking about, what what that's an illustration for is the sin of greed. Um, Greed, this over-desire or dependence on material things, things that you can get. And uh, the thing about greed, it has the effect of blinding you spiritually. Uh, Greed is really different than other sins we might commit because greed prevents you from seeing that you're greedy. Uh, It darkens your eyes so you don't see it. Uh, It's kind of like another struggle that I know many of us struggle with is depression. And if you've ever been depressed, like really depressed, then you know that like what when you're depressed, what you need is to like get moving and you need to like go out and exercise and be around people. But the problem is that when you're depressed, that's actually the last thing you want to do. Like it, we resist that so much when we're depressed, it feels bad to do those things, but that's what we need. And that's why it's so challenging. And greed is similar to that. Uh, We need our eyes to see that we're greedy. And that's exactly what greed affects. It affects our eyes. And the result is that no one thinks that they're greedy. Uh, no one ever confesses the sin of greed. I've been a pastor for a long time. People have confessed a lot of different sins to me, and not once has anyone said, you know, I think I might be greedy. And the reason why, I mean, it makes sense that we wouldn't, because there's always people that have more than us. So it's not like, you know, we never think like, you know, it's probably not me, right? But the main symptom of greed is actually that you think it's not true of you. Uh, and every other sin, like if you're killing someone, you know you're killing someone. Uh, if you're greedy, you might not know. Um, and so if you're blind, though, so it can blind you. And if you're blind, it's not just that you don't know you're blind, but you don't see that you're enslaved. And that's this next idea that Jesus talks about is that uh, worldly wealth can enslave you. Treasures on earth can enslave you. And he says, Uh, No one can serve two masters. You can't serve God and money. And when you think about money, I want us to just not just think about money, but like every form of wealth that there is, relational wealth and status wealth and all these things. And, um, you know, wealth and status and worldly security can go from being things that we pursue uh, to things that own you. And there comes a point where it's like, it's got you, they control you. And it happens really quickly. Uh, There's this myth in our culture that like, you can just be free, that you can be autonomous. But what the Bible teaches is that you're always serving something. You're either serving God, who is loving and kind and compassionate and patient with us. Or you're serving something like money or status or security or, you know, an attainment or something like that. 
so how do you know if you've become enslaved by your worldly treasure? A uh, couple lit- litmus tests. Uh, does it make you lose sleep? Does it consume all your free time so you have no time to rest? Uh, are you wondering and worrying about the same things every day? Uh, does, it, does your digestion get messed up by it? Uh, do your conversations with friends always just lead to this same place? Uh, does it make you manipulative and controlling? Are you paralyzed every time you have to make a decision? Um, do you always have to check on the status of your treasure? Think about that. That's a really good question to ask. Like, you know, are you looking again and again and again at your finances? Are you calculating your GPA again and again and again? Or searching for jobs again and again and again? Or checking social media again and again and again? All these things are involuntary. Like, we never say, like, yes, please, I would like to lose sleep and become more manipulative Oh, yeah, and I'd like to have less joy as well. Uh, so we don't choo- actively choose that, but these things happen to us as our worldly treasures kind of take over, as they enslave us. Uh, another way to know if you're enslaved is if you continually engaged in escapist behavior. You know, I just want to feel nothing for a while. I want to zone out uh, in whatever form that might take. Um, you know, a lot of the reason we're so addicted to any form of distraction and escape is we're so tired of feeling enslaved. That's why we want to escape. That's why it's called escapist behavior. Okay, so it can enslave you. But the big picture, Jesus kind of brings it all home with this idea of anxiety. Uh, the kind of anxiety, uh, not like the clinical kind per se, but just the kind of anxiety that we all deal with. Um, and he says, you know, there's a way to live non-anxiously, even though we don't know what that future holds. We don't know how it's all going to work out. And that's where we get finally to the Christian approach to wealth in the future. Uh, the Christian approach to wealth in the future is to spend more time thinking about the here and the now than wondering what the future will hold. Uh, and the, the illustration that Jesus gives is the birds and the lilies, uh, the beautiful birds, the beautiful lilies. Uh, we actually use the phrase free as a bird a lot, right? Wouldn't it be great to just be free as a bird? Uh, and it seems like a nice thought, but not exactly practical when you're like realizing you have a test tomorrow or realizing that you all of a sudden need to change your major or, you know, you got dumped or you, you know, whatever, you failed a test. Uh, But Jesus is saying that you can experience true freedom like the birds, like the lilies, if you consider who you are and who he is. And I want to just recap for us. Um, So in verse 19, at the beginning of this passage, Jesus had said, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, but treasures in heaven. Uh, And we talked about, like, we all treasure something. It means to look uh, at something and just to fill your heart with, like, the importance of it, the beauty of it, uh, the value of it. And to treasure something is to say, like, if I have this, 
if I have this thing, it's all worth it. Like I'm worth it. If I have this and we all have something, that's our treasure. Uh, and a couple of weeks ago, we talked about this idea of treasure with, you know, Lord of the Rings and the ring, you know, uh, and how, uh, and that's, if you know those stories, like when you get the ring, you come under its power and it's even called the, the precious in those stories. And uh, once your soul treasures something, you'll do anything to get it. Like it will consume you. You just have to have the treasure. And the Bible teaches that every treasure, there's one treasure that's not like this. His name is Jesus. Uh, every other treasure, though, will insist that you die to get it. Uh, these ideas are coming. This is a so, um, book recommendation time. Timothy Keller, Counterfeit Gods. A lot of these ideas are in this book. Uh, it's just an amazing book that deals with this subject. And um, But every treasure uh, that's not Jesus will insist that you die. And if you don't believe me, like look at the suicide statistics after the stock market crashed in 2008. Uh, all the people whose life, the money was everything, and so they just ended it. Um, but Jesus is the one treasure who died to purchase you. So every other treasure will say, die for me. But if you make Jesus your treasure, he's the one who says, I'll die for you. And only if you treasure him will you be free of anxiety um, about the future, you know, from this need to have your whole future set. And if it's not, it just makes you anxious. Uh, So how can you treasure Jesus then? Think about what he did with his his wealth. Uh, Jesus had everything that you and I crave. Like if there was, there's never been anyone more set than Jesus. Uh, he's the king. And yet he was stripped naked on the cross. He lost everything. He died, right? And remember, you only die for your treasure. Think about what that's saying. Jesus is saying, if I can have them, this crew here, even going through hell will be worth it. In other words, his treasure is us. Have you thought lately about how the king of the universe treasures you and he knows you too? He knows what you're like and he treasures you. If you know that, you'll be freed from everything, okay? You know, he, he, Jesus concludes uh, this section by saying to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. And to seek his kingdom first is to say, I belong to the king. Like, I don't need anything. I belong to the king. 
nothing has power over me. And if money doesn't have power over me, then I can give everything away. I can be really generous with my money. Or if status doesn't have any power over me, then I can be kind to all kinds of people. I can even be kind to my enemies. Uh, if security doesn't have power over me, I can be, do really bold things that make Jesus look really great. I can make wise decisions no matter what the cost. And so a better question than, you know, am I going to be okay? Is this all going to work out? Is actually, do I have a king that treasures me? And if you do, then go give away your time. Go give away stuff you have. Go invest in people and leave the future to him. That's what it means to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Uh, So let me close in just praying that God would uh, be at work in our hearts in that way. Uh, Heavenly Father, I thank you for this group. I thank you that they came out tonight uh, to look at a screen again. And uh, I thank you that uh, you have met us in this time through your word. And I just pray that uh, as we all struggle to wonder if we're going to be okay. I pray that you would give us grace to know how much you treasure us. And I pray that I would be our true treasure as you and, and that we'd be set free from anxiety and fear and worry and the slavery of just needing uh, things, needing to know everything. Uh, help us, we pray in Christ's name. Amen.